0: titled Beatles Podcast. Ah, TJ. TJ. Tony, Tony, Tony.
1: <laughs>
0: what time is it, TJ? Game time. What time is it? Game time. No. What time is it, TJ? Game
1: time. <laughs> I'll just do the <laughs> big gang I don't where you're going. <laughs> Until I say When in doubt, repeat it. What time is it? Oh, it's time to get ill. Say, what's the time.
0: No. <laughs> TJ, it's time to listen to B sides. Time to play B sides. Like Blue Oyster Cult said in the hit Burning
1: For You. I have never, I could not quote one lyric from that song except I'm burning, I'm burning, I'm burning for you. I, I know no lyrics from that song. I'm burning, I'm burnin', I'm burning
0: for you. That's a great song. I, I like Blue Oyster Cult. I, I, I only have a couple of their records, but. I want to say "Burning For You is, I think, my favorite Blue Oyster Cult song with Joan Crawford as a, a close second. Joan Crawford has risen from the grave. Really?
1: What about their song, Joan London? <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love Paul McCartney's Good Morning America <laughs> <laughs> Tribute album, Joan London Town. And it's uh, 7.43 right now. We will be back with Paul and Linda McCartney right after this from Aunt Jemima Light
0: well, welcome to the Untitled Beatles podcast. <laughs> I'm Tony Mendoza. Yeah,
1: And I'm T.J. Shanoff, a fan of a, I mentioned Jane Paulie a few weeks ago. Now we got Joan London. Was Joan London Good Morning America? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. With um, David Hartman. That's Remember? right. Remember?
1: David Hartman, David Hartman, that great Norman Lear show. <laughs> yeah. Became Firmwood tonight.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you, because now we can drop something from Mary Hartman. Oh, what do you even pick? You got, oh my God.
1: What was he arrested for?
0: Indecent exposure
1: indecent exposure?
0: That's right. I'm afraid, Mrs. Hartman, your
1: grandfather is the Fernwood Flasher. So many references. God, if you <laughs> missed it, you missed a lot. I'm that guy with faulty Towers. I'm a faulty Towers now from the 80s. i like, how could you never have seen that show that aired 12 times in 1978?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my Hungarian friend Gubby turned me on to that when we were uh, pre-teenagers. And uh, yeah, yeah. All what? How many episodes? Twelve? I think
1: there were twelve over a couple seasons. I remember Gubby. He was once a little green slab of clay, right? (laughs) No.
0: Gubby! He was once a little green slab of clay. Gubby! No, she was a girl from Hungary. (laughs) But she got that a lot in the eighties, man. <laughs> sure. Also, Gumby was fucking cool. Gumby was <laughs> and still <cool>. is, <laughs> and Eddie Murphy
1: helped make Gumby even cooler. That's that was such a great bit.
0: It was. I'm Gumby, damn it! You don't talk to me that way. Well, as Blue Easter Colt said, it is time to listen to B sides, and uh, yeah, we're going to celebrate uh, Beatles B sides today. We'll go through the canon, but we'll also talk about some nutty ones that. Uh, appeared in other countries and uh tj you have quite a few of 45s
1: yeah uh, my collection thieves get ready if you like the uk pressing of movie medley break into my home and get this stuff that when i die my kids going be like why did my dad have this um, yeah, my collection is, uh, 45s are how I began the collection, and I will snap up. Like, 45s, I have the most collector's scum multiple presses. Like, of the American stuff, I'll have the original Capital Swirl, the Apple Pressing, the Orange Capital Label, the 78 Purple, the Blue Starline were available, the 83 Rainbow, the 88 Purple. I will go deep. There's a few. I think the one I have the most of, weirdly, is um, I'll Cry Instead. With Happy to Dance With You, yeah. I don't know
0: why, but I just have a ton of different pressings of that. That's funny. Yeah, and that was an American only release, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. That's what the Guess Who's saying about. I have
1: almost all the American singles on the Apple label. So it's fun mm. to see, like, an Apple 45 of I'll Cry Instead and Happy Just a Dance with You. It's just neat to see the, a random title like that on Apple, which were pressed <laughs> yeah, a lot through the early 70s.
0: Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that is, uh, that to me is one of their more curious singles. Yeah, well, uh, we'll get into that one. We'll get into that one later. Now, there is a rule. The only rule I, I, you know, I'm trying to get this show. We're trying to focus more. You know, we're trying to do less like humor. We're trying to become more serious, like serious Beatle fans so that you guys can just just enjoy this show without all the shenanigans. So I imposed a rule.
1: Come on down to shenanigans where it's wing night at four. (laughs) Got a wife? Don't bring her. Need a new one. Shenanigans. You're too dumb for Benegans. I like people used to mock Benegans. They had a decent fajita for an Irish place. We'll make you smile, cause we got style.
0: Benigans! Bluesbusters! Go on, Tony. Anyway, um <laughs> the rule is, TJ, no double A sides. So we're not gonna talk about day tripper. We Can Work It Out, Yellow Submarine, Eleanor Rigby, Strawberry Fields, Penny Lane, Come Together, Something, or the rare Free as a Bird, Real Love, Double A. Oh,
1: shit. The one that you can only get in the box set? Yeah, that is a double A-sided single. There's one you left out that I'm going to cheat on. Let's hear it. Arguably the best double A-sided single, Matchbox, Slow (laughs) Down.
0: Well, that was a U.S. only. That was They didn't do that uh, in the U.K.,
1: you don't have to be lonely At
0: usonly.com City hey, folks, just don't get it
1: Do we have farmers who
0: listen to the show? <laughs> if my uncle's listening, maybe I doubt he's listening What does your uncle farm? Soybeans in Iowa, yeah That's cool yeah.
1: You know, there's Democrats, Republicans are having a hard time getting along, Tony, but I want to let you know something if I can. Oh, the farmer and the cowman should be friends. Come on, y'all. Oh, the farmer Farmers and the, the
0: cowman should, should be friends. friends. Just you. The farmer and the cowboy, the cowboy and the farmer, the farmer and the cowboy should be friends.
1: All right, this episode's just about <laughs> songs from Oklahoma. And now to break down the dream ballet. Kick it, Tony. It became a Beastie Boys (laughs) wildlife mashup.
0: Kick it, Tony. Kick it, Tony. Yeah! Let's start off with some famous B-sides in history. How about this one? Bill Haley and his Comets Rock Around the Clock. Five,
1: six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're going to rock. Around the clock tonight.
0: 1954 the original release when they put it out and it didn't do anything it was the b-side i never knew it was a b-side yeah i didn't either a-side was a song called 13 women and only one man in town
1: well 13 women only one man in town
0: beth by kiss is the b-side i think i
1: What was the A-side? I thought Beth was a hit.
0: It was a hit. Yeah, but so was the A-side, Detroit Rock City. You gotta lose your mind Detroit Rock City. Get up. Sure. I think I knew Beth before I knew Detroit Rock City. Yeah. Booker T and the MGs, Green Onions, 1962. That was a B-side. A-side was Behave Yourself. Righteous Brothers, Unchained Melody,
1: 1965
0: B-side My love A-side was a song called Hung On You
1: Why did I have to get
0: so hung on you?
1: I can't stop thinking about you, girl Second time we've brought up this one So it's Complete Intoxication <laughs> William Hung On you i on
0: you Thank you for the William Hung reference
1: <laughs> She bangs She bangs Is that William Hung?
0: Yeah That's yeah. him
1: She bangs She bangs Thank I'm you. wasted by the way she Thank you
0: um, Rod Stewart's Maggie Mae Was a B-side Wake up, Maggie I think I got
1: something to, say to you 1971
0: The A-side was Reason to Believe Still And finally, Madonna's Get Into the Groove. Boy, you get through, you to me, yeah. was the B-side of a song called Angel back in 1985. Ooh, you're an angel. Way back.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah. I-, I thought of another couple B-sides, too, right there, but that were bigger hits. The B-side of Matthew Wilder's Break My Stride was Break My Stride, parentheses, instrumental, <laughs> which was pretty huge. True story. Look it up. And uh, famously, and this is a real one, put the bits aside for a minute (laughs) In the U.S. where Mullum Kintyre tanked, most radio stations played the B-side, which was girl school Oddly, Mull of Kintyre was a hit everywhere in the world, including Canada, I think. But in the U.S., radio programmers were playing that B-side girl school a lot more.
0: I get that. I guess, yeah. Yeah. And I attribute that to being American or something. There's something about Mull of Kintyre that <laughs> I just find very sleepy and I, I tune out. So I, I think I would prefer to hear girl school.
1: Yeah. Is it a McCartney classic or a police funeral? <laughs>
0: Wait, Stuart Copeland died? Yeah, Every can't you tell? he did meter was tragic. On this.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, in case you missed what just happened there, Tony and TJ both just made outstanding Stuart Copeland died jokes simultaneously. Tony went for the drummer's angle. Yeah, can't you tell? The meter on this. And TJ went with a classic parody song title. Every little thing he did was tragic. Both jokes were excellent, and I just wanted to make sure that they both made it into the show. And also, just to be clear, Stuart Copeland is still with us, thankfully. All right, back to business. You know, uh, one thing I did... I I picked up this Beatles singles collection not too long ago. It comes in a little handy dandy box and you get all the singles they released in the UK. It would be like the the Canon equivalent of the singles uh, it came out in 2019. Right. 2019. I guess so. Yeah. I see you got yours right there. Yeah. I got mine right here. It is it is beautiful. They took the tack of
1: doing picture sleeves and labels from everywhere around the world. And the weirdest thing about it is the only U.S. representation is the original Tali picture sleeve of Love Me Do. The difference being the original U.S. version had the full 45 spindle, not the British 33 um, spindle. The 45 in the States had the the large hole.
0: Yes, that is my only criticism of this set is that I wish that all the singles had the large, the jukebox hole. I think that's how 45s should be.
1: Well, and a lot of the British Parlophone 45s I have, the Beatles stuff, have the the uh, 45 hole you can press out if you want to. Oh, so yes. it has the 33 hole, but you can kind of press it out pretty easily. That almost cardboard.
0: That's right. I figure, like, if you can afford this box set, you can probably afford the 25 cent adapter thing that you'd need. <laughs> right. <laughs> or uh,
1: b- buy buy one with the apple <laughs> on it from the Beatles store, which they do sell.
0: Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, we'll we'll have to go. We'll have to visit the Beatles store sometime on this yes! show. Yes. Just-
1: <laughs> what a great idea! We'll have to like re- review a random item. Yeah. Ooh, the, the Las Vegas Love Salt and Pepper Shaker. It's only 60 bucks, okay.
0: Yeah, it feels like the uh, original Wheel of Fortune when afterwards they had to like go shopping and spend all the money they just won on like ceramic Dalmatians or whatever <laughs> from, <laughs> from the prize wonderland.
1: <laughs> for $460, the trash compactor for my father. There you go. He's a gourmet cook. I oh, gotta get I something to throw away. He
0: just collected trash. Uh, I guess I'll take the Beatles, uh, the yellow submarine wristbands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really need those.
1: <laughs> Great. Okay. I guess I can use a Ron Howard eight days a week towel.
0: <laughs> See these little fellas? They're the Beatles. Inflatable Beatles. They're yours. The four of them for just $2 and two wrappers from Dove or Lux or Lightboy Soap. Let's go through... Every single and let's fly through these, but we'll stop and spend some time on on singles that we quite like. And when I mean singles, we're talking about the B-sides. Yeah, because I actually did this the other day. I got this record set out and I sat down and I listened to just the B-sides in chronological order. And it was it was real fun, man. It was a good time.
1: Do you know before we get started, there is a whole album by Beatles lovers, the smithereens called B-sides
0: the Beatles, where they just do a bunch of early Beatles B-sides. It's a good listen. I haven't heard that, but I got wind of that when I was doing my research for this. So, yeah, I have yet to hear that.
1: They also cover Meet the Beatles in its entirety with most of the songs in their original key. So, a lot of credit to New Jersey's own The Smithereens.
0: There you go. I didn't know they were Jersey. <laughs> they may not be. It just felt right. <laughs> Well, yeah, okay, so it starts with Their very first single, uh Love Me Do The B-side is P.S. I Love You I'll be coming home again to you, love Until the day I do love P.S. I Love You Did you know this, TJ? P.S. I Love You was not produced by George Martin. I didn't know that. Who produced it then? I didn't know that. Guy named Ron Richards. I was not aware of that. So it was the same day. So that's Andy White on drums and Ringo's on maracas. But uh, George Martin was not present for this song. He stepped out and this guy, Ron Richards, took over. And he pointed out that this P.S. I Love You could not be the A-side Because there was already a a popular song out there called P.S. I Love You by Gordon Jenkins and Johnny Mercer back in 1934. Dear, I thought I'd drop a line. The weather's cool. The folks are fine. I'm in bed each night at nine. Yes,
1: I love you. Wow. Okay, I never knew that.
0: There you go. Beatles factoid exclusive. Untitled Beatles podcast exclusive. exclusive. Try playing that on your Mellotron.
1: Can't wait to hear what sounder that is. That's one I'm maybe. I play those for Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> it's my favorite.
0: Yeah, <laughs> That one's reserved for special occasions
1: Because that's the I love it because that's the ethos of the bit
0: yeah, That's yes. exactly why It's exactly. great yeah. <laughs> exactly. Untitled Beatles Podcast Exclusive Exclusive no, it's reserved reserve for, for special occasions.
1: Yeah, it's cool to have this. I actually have a copy, a beat-up copy of this picture sleeve and the original Tali pressing of it. And the one thing I'd say about this 45s box set if people are, are worried about spending the money, if you have the money, why I say to get it is... The 45s have never sounded better. I give uh, Apple a ton of credit. The mastering universally, no pun intended, on this 45 box set is stellar across the board. Very few pops. I've heard no scratches. I've listened to them all a couple times. They're really great.
0: Now, the label Tali was actually a U.S. label, and it was a like a subsidiary of VJ. And in fact, the very first release on Tali was a Beatles record, Tali 9001, of Twist and Shout, backed with There's a Place, or coupled with C/W, There's a Place. And that was released in 64. And also, Love Me Do, the Tali version of Love Me Do, was also released in like 64.
1: When Tony, one of the cool things, I do not have one of these. I, I have the 45 of Twist and Shot. There's a place on tally but it came in a sleeve despite being released in March that the sleeve says, we wish you a Merry Christmas and the Happy New Year. And it's just cool that that sleeve was part of that early 64 release.
0: That is wild. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're getting into the American records. Let's get back to the British singles. You know, we got to keep this train on the tracks, TJ. And you may call me Mr. Conductor.
1: What country are you from? (laughs) Show (laughs) us your birth certificate. I still live with my mother.
0: (laughs) The second single, of course, Please Please Me, the B-side, Ask Me Why, was on there. Mostly a John composition. I can't believe it's happened to me. I can't conceive of any more
1: I've always loved this song. I've always loved Ask Me Why. I feel like it often gets dismissed for its simplicity. Marshall Crenshaw's band covered this at least once on a CD that I've heard, you know, a huge Beatles fan, Marshall Crenshaw. Yeah. Former Beatlemania cast member. If we start dinging Beatles songs for their simplicity, we lose a lot of the beauty of the early stuff. Just because this and Do You Know a Secret and the whole Please, Please Me album can be a little simple. Those originals, they still burst with sunshine and melody.
0: I agree. It's a great melody, too. And it was originally recorded with Pete Best at that first EMI session, June 6th, 1962. So that recording did not survive, from what I understand, unless it's somewhere on some acetate yet to be discovered.
1: Which is ironic, as first
0: it was afraid, it was petrified. (laughs) Didn't survive, though. (laughs) Not Gloria Gaynor, Gloria Loser. Gloria Gaynor's
1: a loser, baby. Why don't you kill her? <laughs> That's a back reference. Beck, uh, what yes. are you doing? Yo. Cut it.
0: All right, their third single, of course, uh, your favorite song, uh, TJ, From Me To You. But the B-side is Thank You, Girl. Now, let me ask you this, TJ. Do you prefer Thank You, Girl to From Me To You?
1: Yes, I do. I prefer mono Thank You, Girl to any From Me To You. I
0: That's right. That's right. John overdubbed that harmonica eight days after they did the basic track on it and he had a severe cold. So there you go. That makes sense. John had a lot of colds when he was singing early Beatles stuff. Yeah. Well, they're, you know, they were touring in that, it sounds like this van where they had to like sleep on top of each other and there was no window or something like that. You know, they tell that story in anthology or whatever.
1: Yeah. But it's ironic because Ringo was always the sick one.
0: Yes, he was. In the dingle. I think we're all a little sick in the dingle
1: these days. <laughs> sick of the dingle from pulling on the dangles. <laughs> Ladies on <gentlemen>, the Bangles. But <laughs> <Psh. laughs> the wrong key but it's a great song. I think it's indeed. You know who wrote that? Oh. No. Prince wrote that. Really? It's just another manic my- it's a great song.
0: I guess I didn't know Prince wrote that. Yeah, Prince wrote that one. Wow, the songs he gave away, man. Next episode. <laughs> it's just another manic I'm holding up the "She Loves You" single, which is uh, from Greece, and I can't tell what song it was because the song's not listed on there. <laughs> no, no, wrong Greece, TJ. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you knew I have to do it. You said it. Uh, Are you sure it's from Greece too? We're gonna score all, all tonight. <laughs>
0: Sexy bowling song.
1: <laughs> so good
0: Let's <laughs> bowl, let's bowl, let's rock and roll Hey, come on, let's get the show on the road. Well, the B-side to She Loves You, of course, was I'll Get You Original title, Get You in the End It's not likely to pretend But I'll get you, I'll get you in the end Yes, I will We've talked about this. As you know, that song makes my Beatle bottoms or whatever. So do you have anything else to say on I'll, I'll Get You? It
1: sounds great on mono vinyl. This whole experience of She Loves You and I'll Get You. I, I feel like the reason I love, I have the copy of this on Swan. It was one of the early 45s really? I got at Beatlefest, probably. So hearing She Loves You and I'll Get You without all the drenched echo, because if you had the Beatles' second album and heard those two songs, it was an echo nightmare. Oh, yeah. The 45 yes. is always clean and crisp, which I love.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. What is this? Okay, this is... Okay, yeah, because it's, like, it's funny because I'm holding this one up. I'm like, what fucking song is this? It just says Los Beatles on it.
1: <laughs> Come on, man. Quiero tu, tu manos. I Want to Hold Your Hand. You're and right. Este Muchacho is This Boy.
0: You are totally right. I'm getting lost here. Yeah, this boy. So this boy, I, I don't. I wouldn't say I like it more than I Want to Hold Your Hand. I, I don't. But to me, it's almost as good of a song. It's just that I Want to Hold Your Hand is just such an iconic, such a still good song to me. But to me, this is when the B-sides really start kind of coming together for my ears.
1: That boy took my love. I will say that in the States they really got it right pairing it with I saw her standing there even though that was an old certainly an older song that's just what a rockin 45 and I give capital credit because this boy was also an Ed Sullivan and was a known song But to have their first 45 be two rockers I thought was a great capital move So I prefer the capital mono I want to hold your hand, 45 Backed with Sar standing there To me it's just our on A-side and B-side
0: Well, the next B-side is You Can't Do That. And uh, if you have the box set, you get the Austrian cover on there from Parlophone with no E.
1: That's right, Parlophone. I think Italy might have done the same kind of um, spelling of that. But yeah, uh, I love You Can't Do That. It's a favorite B-side of mine for sure.
0: The B-side to Can't Buy Me Love. It's semi-autobiographical. This this is addressing John's jealousy. And uh, I've always loved the music in this song. And uh, this is one of those songs that with, uh, you know, 2020, the year 2020 slash 2022, hindsight is becoming more um, criticized, I guess, for being misogynistic. And In fact, it was ranked as the second most misogynist Beatles song by uh, Octitude Femme great u2 record <laughs> mysterious ways is the lead track off that <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: listen you know i am a proponent of change and run for your life on my beatles bottoms i feel like you can't do that is at least more part and parcel of it's the period from which it came yeah like it's not you know it it it's aggressive i'm not ready to call it misogynistic
0: i get it yeah And this is who he was at that time. Like, this is, uh, in a way, it's a song about Cynthia, you know, and the double standard where he could go out and do whatever he wanted to do. But if she tried to do something, he just fell into a rage or whatever, you know.
1: Which uh, we learn later, you know, Paul and Jane Asher had a similar relationship where Paul turned out to be both jealous and also acting out sexually against uh, Jane Asher quite frequently.
0: Yeah, yeah. But as far as the song goes, I dig it. John said, a cowbell going four in the bar and the chord going chatoon. Chatoon, yeah. That guitar intro is so great in this thing, too. It is. That was written by George. Uh, George did the intro and the outro on that because he was like, he needed to do something in the studio while they were here about to record it. And he came up with that pretty good.
1: George's cool syncopated part of the ending. Yeah. Oh,
0: you can't do
1: that. He lets that ring just a little more. It's such great playing. This is one where the echo drench on second album actually gives the song a weird ethereal
0: kind of feel. Yeah. I prefer this one less dry. Chatung, by the way, is one of the least used onomatopoeias on TV's Batman Batman, Batman. Well the next B-side is uh, the flip on Hard Day's Night, that would be Things We Said Today in the UK at least I've always thought of this song as an album cut I never thought of it as like the B-side of a song so to me, I don't even hear it as a single
1: Someday when we're dreaming Deep in not a lot to
0: say Then we will remember Things we said today
1: Yeah, it's, it's a dark single. I mean, it's a minor key Paul song that has always kind of fascinated me because it's not like anything else Paul was writing in that era.
0: No, no. Also, She's a Woman, B side of I Feel Fine. If you get the box set, you get the Swedish cover, which is kind of fun. She loves- Actually, this is one when I was going through and sitting down and just listening to the b-sides in order and doing all the work where you put one on song ends you take it off you put it back in you get the next one in the context of listening to singles this song to me sounded great as opposed to just like oh it's on past masters or beatles which one, is it on 65 or vi i forget <laughs> six What is She's a Woman on? You got me saying V.I. Because that's what
1: it is. Wait a second here. It is V.I. We're doing the thinking music for a second. Stop! She's a Woman is on Beatles
0: 65. There you go. There you go. Confirmed. (laughs) It's also the first time there was a drug reference in a Beatles song.
1: Turn me on when I get lonely. Turn me on which is also, it's a double entendre line too. I love the song. I know we talked once, you were miffed by rhyming presents with presents. Not me. Am I remembering that correctly? Uh,
0: no, that was not me. That was me commenting on people on Beatles chat boards that get all bent out of shape about those two words rhyming.
1: Uh, yeah, that's never bothered me. And I love the syncopated. <laughs> that kind of. Yeah, that, that syncopated beginning is always—it's such an earworm,
0: and the bass gets the spotlight. Kind of, this is like the most bass that was on a Beatles record uh, at the time. You know, before Paperback Writer and all that. She's the one.
1: Yeah, what a great point Because Paperback Writer Gets all the credit For being that first Bass heavy single But yeah She's a woman That bass is just prominent Ringo's stick work On this And the cymbals So good too Yeah It's light And airy And jazzy And still very Ringo It doesn't feel Like it's a session drummer She's a woman. beauty of Ringo right is that the fact that everything does feel a little janky and sometimes behind the beat it's not like Andy White came in and played these clean versions of the drum patterns it's not just what Ringo's doing it's the way he's doing it that makes it
0: so interesting yeah he's got the feel Uh, machines don't have a feel you know rock and roll should be messy that's why John would always tune his guitar like a little bit out of tune I think it was the D string I just learned. He just like detuned the D string a little bit, made it flat. (laughs) Some of that in later years was heroin. (laughs) Their next single, Ticket to Ride. So the B side there, yes, it is. Please don't worry.
1: Tonight. For red is the color that will make me blue. In spite of you, it's true. Yes, it
0: is, it's true. Yes, it is, it's true. I think actually I prefer, yes, it is, the ticket to ride these days.
1: Well, because Ticket to Ride suffers from what we said on the NME episode, where it's just, you've heard it 20 million times. Yeah. Brilliant song. What did you ever think? I know it's a B-side show, but the notion that Ticket to Ride, uh, did John call it the first heavy metal song in the Playboy interviews? He did. That always was weird to me.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was heavier, but uh, I feel like if we're playing that game, then the kinks beat him with You Really Got Me, because that might be more garage punk or something like that, but... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I would never describe Ticket to Ride as heavy metal. I think that's John having fun or whatever that is. No, but I also wouldn't describe
1: the song Classical Gas as a fart.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah, man. Well, Well, like this boy, this song is in 12-8 time. It's got a... Kind of a dissonant three-part harmony, which I think maybe that's why I like this song, especially. If you were red tonight, remember what
1: I said tonight. Yeah, there's, I I can't, forgive me, I can't remember if this is an Ian McDonald's book, this is Revolution of the Head, or maybe that Tim Riley book, Tell Me Why. But there's criticism of this about the harmonies being askew in one of those books. And I always felt like that was intentional. I felt like that dissonance was part of what they were
0: going for. I would think so, too, from what I understand. George Martin, like, rehearsed those guys or they rehearsed it for like an hour or hours, you know, to get that part the way it sounds. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're like off or anything. And also the Beach Boys played around with dissonance and there's some other harmonies. You hear that? I think on like um all summer long. We've been having fun all summer long. Like we've been having fun all summer long. All summer. There's a one of those guys is a little dissonant in there and it's great. Definitely keep my version in there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think that was that's the idea. Tony's in the Beach Boy cover band. We've been
0: having fun all summer life. And this
1: is again, people who listen to the show know this. I'm Team Brian Wilson's Tony team. Tony's team. I couldn't even do the bit. Nagrami, baby. Tony's team. Mike Love.
0: This is for real. The the only connection I have to the dark side of the Beach Boys is that I worked for the Chicago Trolley Company in the late '90s, and they bought. Al Jardine's amphibious vehicle, a duck. And I helped push that thing down 18th street and Prairie street into the barn. (laughs) It's like me and 10 other people are pushing Al Jardine's (laughs) duck. Real quick, TJ, I've got a collector scum corner thing for you. Yeah. The first true stereo version of Yes It Is was on a British promotional cassette for Heineken beer in 1986. Do you have it? Whoa, no, I do not have that. (laughs) I don't. I I do
1: have a counterfeit VJ Please Please Me back with From Me to You.
0: (laughs) Do you really? It's actually counterfeit, you know?
1: I think it's counterfeit because according to Discogs, what I'm supposed to see stamped in The Matrix, I don't see.
0: I'm trying to free your mind,
1: Neo, but I can only show you the door. You're the one that has to walk through it.
0: Well, we've talked about this song, uh, The B-Side of Help. First of all, I love the Help cover on the the singles box set here. It's pretty Where's wild. This one from? This one is from Belgium. And the Help, to me, it's like monster movie... Font, Font Lovers Corner. I don't know what font that is. Thank you for visiting Font Lovers Corner. Fonts, fonts, love those fonts. I love it, and it's them with like the cops, the the, <laughs> the bobbies. That is British cops. At this point, the guys were so excited about the Belgian sleeve of the help single, they actually forgot to mention the important part, the name of its B-side, I'm Down. Yeah, when I was listening to this record, I felt like I could hear Paul's laughing and then Ringo's doing these upbeat cymbal crashes during the solo section that I, I didn't really ever hear when I was listening to it on Past Masters and all that, you know? Well, that's, this
1: song is one of the ones that's essential in mono, and this is what you're getting. And what I love about this is I don't believe, hey, Beatle, nerdos like us, correct me if I'm wrong, please, on Facebook. I believe for the 45 set, they mastered these from the original analog, not the 09 Digital Masters. Oh, that's I awesome. I think these came from the original analogs.
0: You tell lies, and I can't see. You can't cry, because you're laughing at me. A skip day tripper TJ because that's a double A. And that's also one I'm not super
1: familiar with. Can we edit that out? I just I don't and
0: yeah, we can't no, worry we'll that we, can,
1: we can do what? I don't I don't know, but let's not talk about it because I don't know yeah, that one. Just yeah, we'll put some we'll edit that out. I can't keep the facade up any longer, time
0: <laughs> Speaking of paperback writer not too long ago, the B-side rain. Also, used the same uh, technique to get that big bass sound. They uh, recorded the bass with a loudspeaker instead of a a microphone, which would have gotten uh, Jeffrey Emmerich in a lot of trouble.
1: Yeah, this is, whether in the States or in uh, worldwide, this is one of my favorite B-sides, and this one just thunders. The A-side, too. This is like, it's yeah. it's the first non-Motown bass rock record, is what yeah. this is.
0: Yeah, it's definitely one of their best B-sides, for sure. Nicholas Schaffner called it the first Beatles song to portray the material world as an illusion. So we're getting psychedelic. It's kind of like the one of the first truly psychedelic Beatles songs, at least lyrically.
1: You know what's amazing to think about in hindsight, Tony, is this came out three months, at least in the States. The 45 came out in May of 66. That's three months before Revolver, the album, came out. I mean, the thing about wishing I was alive in the sixties to feel the Beatles in real time is now we know them as this whole collected, this body of work, but one after another rubber soul in December of 65, the paperback writer reigns single in May of 66 revolver in August of 66. It just kept coming at you without any knowledge of what was yet to come. I know that's how history works. But to be able to experience Beatle history in real time, it almost excuses the first generation Beatle fans when they're assholes. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of like on the Beatle website, it's like, what's Paul doing streaming? (laughs) All that stuff. Like, God bless him. We're certainly going to be there, too. But like to be a first gen Beatle fan must have been a thrill that no other generation of Beatle fan has ever been able to experience because of the
0: unknown. I agree, man. Yeah.
1: We got to go back in time because it don't take money. (laughs) Don't take fame.
0: (laughs) Oh, twist.
1: (laughs) We'll be right back.
0: Now, Cornerstone Promotions presents Kenny Rogers singing 30 of the greatest love songs ever written toll free for Kenny Rogers two cassettes 1998 two CDs 24.98 plus 4.95 shipping have your credit card ready and call now <laughs> well that's Paul on the Rickenbacker bass John's playing a Gretsch Nashville and George on the Gibson SG and Ringo of course playing his Ludwig drums on Rain yeah oh and yeah we should mention they did promotional films for both of those uh, songs one of the rare times a B-side got a promo film and these were directed by Good old Michael Lindsay Hogg.
1: That's right. And shown, I believe, on the Ed Sullivan show. Yeah. Where Ed Sullivan remarked that the Beatles weren't there, but they did send these videos to see. Now, this is taped, so all of you in our audience can watch it on these monitors up here. It was back in September of 1963, while in England, that I first heard of the Beatles and signed them. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's a feature taped for us in England by Ringo Starr, Paul McCartney, John Lennon, and George Harrison.
0: And if you look closely, Paul has a chipped tooth from a moped accident, which starts part of that whole Paul is dead thing.
1: (laughs) Which is crazy because John was the bad driver.
0: (laughs) It's true. (laughs) You're right. Uh, Well, we have to skip a couple more TJ Yellow Submarines is a double A With Eleanor Rigby And Strawberry Fields and Penny Lane is a double A So we're not going to talk about those We're going to stay on track Which is a
1: shame Because the one that we're not going to discuss right there One of them is your favorite Beatles song And one's in my top five And Strawberry Fields and Penny Lane Is arguably the greatest Beatles single ever released
0: Well, if you listen to our singles episode We do delve into it in
1: full detail And that's a good one because Cameron Crowe's with us to talk about his film. (laughs) Janet,
0: you rock my world. Singles. If I make this basket, that's fate telling me to call him. Wait, did no basket need call him or don't call him? Never mind. Directed by Cameron (laughs) Crowe. All right. Skipping ahead. Los Beatles, as some of these say, to All You Need Is Love with the B-Side. Maybe you're a rich man. This is one of those uh, Lennon McCartney Frankenstein jobs.
1: Yes. And another one of my favorites, another the bass in this one is great, too. The, the, The kind of lumping, thundering bass opens this. It gives it its feel.
0: Totally, yeah, yeah. That's it's. It was recorded at Olympic Studios. It was the first time they ventured outside of Abbey Road, as the Beatles, I should say. So, yeah, John basically did the verse, the beautiful people bit, and Paul came up with the chorus. And uh, John supposedly was inspired by that uh, the 14 hour Technicolor Dream. It was that kind of a happening that happened in '67 uh, with
1: Donny Osmond and played the Chicago theater forever.
0: Chicago. <laughs> 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 Jacob and sons Donnie Osmond is Joseph In Andrew Lloyd Webber's dazzling new production Of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat No, no, no This preceded that uh, This was okay. in 1967 Yeah, yeah Pink Floyd was there Our favorite band The Crazy World of Arthur Brown was there Townsend was there. Denny Lane. Susie Cream Cheese was there. <laughs> oh, Susie Cream Cheese.
1: Baby, I love you. Where are you with Fogarty? He's on a, he's on like a top maybe 10 or 15 list for me. Is that right? I love Fogarty and CCR. Yeah.
0: I've always loved CCR, but I didn't, uh, I only bought the Green River, right? That's, that's the album, right? Yes. I bought that record, but yeah, that was about it. I, and the hits and stuff. I've always loved their version of uh, I Put a Spell on You. I put a spell
1: on you. Because
0: I think that's so a great good. version. Yeah. It's almost as good as uh, Crazy World of Arthur Brown's. I put
1: a spell on you. Yeah, that's weird, too. That's him trying to be crazy or screaming Jay Hawkins.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also, it should be noted that Yoko Ono was also at the 14-hour Technicolor Dream. So, yeah. And as, as George famously played this song on acoustic guitar when he went to visit uh, the bowery of spotty kids known as Hate ashbury I was really afraid because I could see all these spotty youths And they were still an undercurrent of Beatlemania, but from a kind of twisted angle.
1: That's a great part of anthology. I love the Beatles anthology. I just watched parts one and part two a couple of days ago. Oh, yeah. Because it felt like comfort food. I couldn't sleep. I got up and I spent two hours watching parts one and two.
0: That's fun. Yeah, I got to do that again. Now that, yeah, especially after like Get Back Fever, it's fun to oh, start it again. Yeah, <laughs> Start from the beginning. That's what I'm doing right now, reading that Lewis and Book, the, the tune in thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying the early stuff and getting to know things. It's great. Yeah, I, I want
1: to read I'm reading Tucker Carlson's new book. It's a bunch <laughs> of drawings in crayon with swastikas.
0: I can't quite figure it out. Hello, goodbye. Of course, the controversial A side. It was more popular. Then its B side, I Am the Walrus. Again, I Am the Walrus. That's a song I just really don't associate as a single. I always think of it as just part of the Magical Mystery Tour album.
1: Going to be the A-side and then got voted down in favor of Hello Goodbye, which is interesting. And Hello Goodbye is a bit of Paul looking back. I'm the Walrus is John looking forward. And to me, I almost consider this a double A-sided single, Tony. If I just to make a list, I would put this as a double A-side because I'm the Walrus to me, while not my favorite Lennon song, I think is in the top five, quote unquote, most important John Lennon songs of the Beatles era.
0: Yeah, and I think history would probably reflect that it's the whatever more artistic song, and "Hello Goodbye" was the more popular, more unit shifting song or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, Uh, "Inner Light," "Inner Light," of course, the B side of Lady Madonna. And what's cool on the uh, the singles box is that this is a gatefold. Yeah, Japanese gatefold. It's great, man. It's great, and you get the lyrics inside too in several languages unless it's, oh no, it says 1962. There must be something. I don't know what it, I can't read. Um, it's Japanese, right? Yeah. I can't read Japanese. So, but the, <laughs> I do see the, here's what I see in, in uh, things I can read. 1962
1: and then LSD. <laughs> They're referring to construction on Lakeshore Drive, my friend.
0: <laughs> and also the last thing it says is TBS. So yeah, make sure and play this record five minutes after the hour.
1: Right, <laughs> It's the Japanese hello, goodbye at 7.05 and Andy Griffith at 7.35, followed by Braves Dodgers pregame.
0: <laughs> but yeah, we've talked about this song before. The lyrics are from a poem in the Tao Te Chi. It's translated from a 1958 book called Lamps of Fire. Uh, The instruments were recorded at EMI in Bombay, and then the vocals done at Abbey Road. But I've always, I've always liked this record, and then this is the mono mix you get on the single.
1: I love Interlight. Interlight's my favorite George Harrison foray into Indian music. I've said it before on the show. It is clear. I love the major key. I love the melody line. I love the whole thing.
0: Yeah, it's a good one. It's definitely, I think, I think it's kind of everybody's favorite Indian song. But, you know, you might like uh, Love You Too more because it's got that electric guitar in there. So that might speak to you. One of the most
1: famous and underrated Beatle lines, I think, is arrive without traveling. It says so much... It does. Yeah. Yeah. That's always hit me.
0: Well, Hey Jude obviously was a big seller, but I'm in my hand. I'm holding this single. This would be the South African version, which has Revolution backed with Hey Jude.
1: Don't you call Is this not a double A sided single? I feel like for me, this
0: is a double A side. It's a reluctant B side, man. It is a reluctant B side for weird. Revolution. Yeah. never thought of it that way. I agree, too. Well, we can press on. As you know, of course, John always said that the stereo version sounded like a piece of ice cream. But uh, you get the mono version here, I believe. You should. Yes, this okay. is
1: this is mono, and it is a, a crime that for decades this was best known from the stereo mix on both the Hey Jude album and '67 to '70.
0: People with minds that hate All I can tell you,
1: is, brother, you
0: have to Well, originally John wanted the slow version as the single, the one that we hear on the white album, Revolution One. And Paul said it was too slow, and I agree with Paul. And you can almost hear in this song it's like John's nuclear reply to that criticism. <laughs> Just like, oh, too slow, huh? We're just gonna plug the guitar directly into the board and you know, get the compressors to not make everything explode. And yeah. we're putting that shit out.
1: <laughs> and that's that's Nikki Hopkins playing the keyboard on that?
0: Yeah, it is, yeah.
1: It's it's such a good little solo. And I, I will always prefer the video version with the revolution number one backing vocals mm. from Paul and George. We don't know. And the different live John vocal. I love it. I don't know if that's ever been released anywhere. Bootlegged a million times, obviously. Oh, and right. the video on, on Beatles 1, but it's not. Uh, I don't think it's ever been like downloadable. I don't think you can get like just the. the it's not an anthology or anything. The video version no. of
0: Revolution. I love no. it. No, I do too. And that also directed Michael Lindsay Hogg. So he's paving the way to get to that get back. Uh, speaking of get back, the, uh, the flip side is Don't Let Me Down. Which we've discussed this one in, in great detail, especially recently with all the Get Back and the Let It Be reissues. But uh, I, I dig this song. 4-4 four, four verse, chorus and bridge, and a 5-4 time signature into the pickup back to the verse. Nobody ever loved me like she does. Yeah, that's right. John Lennon and his kooky time signatures.
1: Brubeck stole from John Lennon. Everyone knows it.
0: Nobody ever loved me like you. The Ballad of John and Yoko, it was the A side. You know, of course, John and Paul played on that one. And then the B side, it's all of them for Old Brown Shoe. One of my favorite George Harrison compositions. That one I ranked pretty high on my list. So actually, I prefer Old Brown Shoe to Ballad of John and Yoko. How about you?
1: Uh, I, I like Ballad of John Yoko. I kind of prefer the uh, Roseanne version.
0: What do you... I'm not familiar with that one. Oh. How does that go?
1: Here we go. She she did that uh, when people were after her and Tom Arnold. She made her own version of the song.
0: Oh, I didn't know There's that. Protest the protest in 91 to... or something. Yeah.
1: Uh, I... <laughs> Here's why I love Ballad John Yoga for a couple of reasons. I love this, just John and Paul. There's something kind of fun about that. Uh, the line, they're going to crucify me is ballsy, ballsy,
0: ballsy. Yeah. Yeah, Paul was kind of like, Ugh. but I think he was trying to repair his relationship with John and let him let him have that one.
1: Yeah. And by the way, Paul's drumming on this is hot. Paul's drumming is great on this. I also love the ending. That triplet fest to end it, I love.
0: But... This is a B-side show. You're right. I do
1: love Old Brown Shoe, and Old Brown Shoe, as we've said before, I think on the show, felt canonized because of the blue album. What yeah. a cool choice to be on their their greatest hits.
0: Skipping, Come Together, and Something. That's a double A. We're only talking about B-sides with the exception of Ballad of John and Yoko today.
1: All right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to talk about the B-side of Let It Be. We don't, we're not talking about Let It Be. We're not talking about the guitar solo on Let It Be today, TJ. We're going (laughs) to, we're going to talk about You Know My Name, Look Up The Number, another song we've talked a lot about on this program.
1: Without getting into it too much, here's why I love Let
0: It Be. (laughs) Now, here's the thing about You Know My Name, Look Up The Number. I think we haven't mentioned this. It was recorded in four separate sessions, and I've got the dates for you in case you want to mark this on your calendars. May 17th, 1967, all four Beatles. June 7th, 1967, all four Beatles. June 8th, 1967, all four Beatles. And that's when Brian Jones recorded his sax solo and then cut to... Nearly two years later, April 30th, 1969, that's when they did the vocal session with Mal Evans, Mallet Mal Evans, supplying sound effects.
1: When the Let It Be box set came out on the Beatle fan Facebook page and a couple other Areas when I posed the question Why can't you include this in the Let It Be box set there was a lot of You know nothing it was recorded closer to Sergeant Pepper okay well it wasn't On that box set will it be in the <laughs> Magical Mystery Tour box set? like shouldn't it not be Restored to an album somewhere I, I, I was confused by why this Was left off when you had a four song EP yeah As part of a $160
0: vinyl Box set come on Yeah, because you know there's this like six-minute version that I think is even longer than the one that was on Anthology 2. And that one, I don't know where that came from, but I don't think that's gotten a proper release. I don't know if I've heard that longer one. I don't think I've heard that. I think it's like even more ska and even more of those first parts. Um, And then the little intro, you get more intro into the, what I call the Muppet Show part, you know, with the whole like... (laughs) Oh, that part. The one where Gonzo comes out. Thank you! The Great Gonzo! Yeah. yeah, Waldorf and. Kermit wants me to do the next introduction.
1: Oh, yeah? Well, he's the only one who does.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, come on, guys. No heckling. I mean, I'm not even out here to tell jokes. Have you ever been? <laughs> Those
1: guys. Yeah, Waldorf and
0: Astoria. Uh. Well, Waldorf and a story that I almost said that because I forget what the
1: Statler and Waldorf. Who then Statler left and became the Statler Brothers. Yeah, let your love flow.
0: That's not the Statler Brothers. No, class of '57. <laughs> and uh what's the one that was uh, "Flowers on the Wall"? Counting flowers on the
1: wall
0: Statler Brothers are weird, but I like some of their songs for sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> See, that's a, another place we differ. You're Statler Brothers. I'm Oak Ridge
0: Boys. <laughs> 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 that that does it. I mean, when you get this box set, you also do get a double A of "Free as a Bird" with "Real Love" on the B side. Canon
1: Tony, listen. I'm sorry, but if Old Brown Shoes canonized from '67 to '70, uh, "Real Bird," ah. <laughs> "Real Bird," and real "Free bird. as a Love," love. <laughs> Free as a Bird and Real Love have become canonized too. This is the whole reason I bought the box set. The excitement I had when Free as a Bird came out in 95 and then Real Love was around uh, Valentine's Day of the following year. was released as a single. I mean, it was palpable. I was 22 years old. It was the first new Beatles song in my lifetime. I treated it even though I knew, you know, it was Jeff Lynne produced and obviously from John's tapes. It was right. the first quote unquote new Beatles song of my lifetime. So I do put a little more weight on that 45 than most sane beetle fans should
0: (laughs) well there you go there you go well speaking of sane Beatles fans like there are a bunch of discrepancies from that canon especially in the u.s with regards to uh, singles and uh kind of like other collector items do you want to yeah do you want to regale us with some oddities from your collection Well, I
1: almost think looking at the clock, we should do American records, stay away from me. I'll do that every time I say that (laughs) phrase every episode. Um, I think we should say that for its own episode because I have so many notes of the American 45s. I listened to both the British ones from the set and also the American 45s, most of the B-sides as well. This is a separate episode because just to tease it out, things like act naturally, And things like, I don't want to spoil the party. I mean, these were million sellers. In many cases, Billboard charted. Sometimes the B sides in the States charted in the top 30 or 40. So I say, as a part two for down the road, we do American stuff and some of the worldwide releases. Because I'm holding in my hand this 45 here of rock and roll music from Japan. And the B side of this 45 is every little thing, which is what makes it so lovely. A Japanese-only pairing. So on another episode, we'll do America and the world.
0: I dig it. All right, cool. We'll stick around for that. It's the Untitled Beatles Podcast. If you like it, then feel free to hit a button on your device that says "I like it." And then if you have another device, it, 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 it takes two devices to, to like us. Uh, write us a, a, a scathing review. <laughs> on oh, where you write the damn reviews, I hate doing these things. <laughs> About it Go tell about about it No, like, like and subscribe Feel free to uh, give us a nice review We appreciate that Thank you to our producer, Casey Baker Who puts these together Oh, TJ, I totally forgot uh, Next week, aren't, are we doing Bad Boy?
1: Yeah, next week we're going to do Bad Boy um, I really want to get into Old time re-loving I think that's on Bad Boy <laughs> I hope <laughs> I
0: think so podcast, like, and subscribe.